A pair of much-needed wins and a pair of unfortunate losses for the Red Raiders. We'll recap the final series of the regular season against the Kansas Jayhawks and look ahead to the Big 12 tournament in Arlington. This is Dinger Derby. Welcome, Welcome. to Dinger Derby. The official podcast of RedRaiderDugout.com. The only website completely devoted to Texas Tech baseball. Join Keith Patrick twice a week for team news, guests, ranking updates, and game reports. We'll be hitting taters with the Red Raiders from opening weekend all the way through Omaha. This is Dinger Derby. All right, welcome into the Dinger Derby podcast, uh, the final one of the regular season, I guess, here for the Red Raiders. David Collier, along with Red Raider dugouts, Keith Patrick, as the rain comes pouring down here in Lubbock, Texas on a Sunday night. Uh, you might hear that in the background, thunder and lightning. Uh, mighty, there mighty goes. frightening. Oh, mighty, mighty frightening. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a frightening, I guess, uh, start to the weekend for the Red Raider baseball team. And we talked about, you know, possibly needing a sweep if you want to, you know, be sure of everything. And it didn't, it certainly didn't go that way to start the weekend off for the Red Raiders. And it, it was definitely scary after, uh, after that Thursday night. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> felt like, <laughs> I mean, where you were need- the bats? We left the bats in Morgantown. Oh yeah. You needed, you did need a sweep. I mean, and it, not a sweep to get in, but you needed a sweep to feel like you were firmly off of the bubble. And you knew you weren't going to gain anything, uh, much ground against this team because of their RPI, but a loss certainly hurt you. And so it did drop you. You were 40, 41 in the RPI. You lose Thursday night and it drops you, I think, eight spots, seven, eight spots. And then you kind of crept your way back up the way some other things were going on around the country. So you kind of stood in the same spot. You're sitting at 44 right now as we record you kind of been 44 45 but yeah thursday night was it was rough it's a rough start you know you get a lightning delay before the game begins the mm-hmm. delay lasted oh geez know, hour, right, almost hour an hour and, and a half yeah. yeah it was you started at 752 and a 2 hour and 17 minute game of just basically nothing happening is what it felt like and What's so frustrating, you give them your absolute best shot from the mound. I mean, you give you have an, yeah. another career day for Mason Molina. He goes seven, five hits, one run, 13 strikeouts for him. I mean, he was excellent. And then you get Brandon Beckel for two innings, who was was good. I mean, his first inning was three up, three down. Second inning, it's a it's a walk, and then a two out home run in the top of the ninth ends up you know changing the complexion of the game, and it goes from a a one one contest to a three one, and they ended up winning it. And yeah, your bats just couldn't get anything going. Ultimately, on the night, you only have seven hits, and you out hit Kansas on top of it. Seven hits, they only had six, but just couldn't get it done when you needed to. You had a couple of opportunities and not able to to scratch anything across and. Really scratching it across is kind of all you were able to do in the second. You know, it was it was bunting against the shift and an error aided and you know, yeah. it was a and a sack bunt to get a guy in and then just couldn't do anything else all through the night. Just really a, one of those frustrating ball games that flies by and you just see your chances kind of skitter away and 
not the way you wanted to start that series. No, obviously, you know, with the loss, but once again, kind of that story of the season, it feels like you have something going really well on one side and just couldn't get anything going on the other side. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned it a little bit, but just squandering that effort and, you know, the frustrating, frustrating part of the whole thing was you, you get that effort from Mason Molina, which he's obviously had a couple of bumps in the road here, here and there. But there's been a couple of solid outings like this where he's gotten absolutely no run support and ended up coming on, out on the losing end. I know he got a no decision here, but the, the part that stunk for me in this is you get Beckel out there and you, you basically lose him for the weekend. You could probably have thrown him on Sunday if needed, but I mean, I don't know. It, yeah, it, that just stunk of what we've been seeing quite a bit lately for the Red Raider baseball team. Some deficiencies at the plate. I mean, that that was what we're used to on the road. It was what they matched their season low. I don't even remember that North Dakota State game where they only co- scored one, but I guess like most Red Raider fans, I don't want to remember that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was just a stinker. Yeah, when, when, you're, when you're one run, like you mentioned, is a sack bunt that – just gets over the pitchers and dribbles to the second base. And he, yeah, it, it was, uh, unfortunate for everybody involved because they had to stick around an extra hour and a half long just to watch what unfolded there. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like you have to tip your cap to Kansas in that one in particular a little bit. I mean, they pitched well and did what they needed to do. I mean, you have to give them the credit for that too, but Zach Vuletich, the only guy with a multi-hit day, he had two singles. Um, but they read the book on you. I mean, they shifted and they they shifted the outfield and played you pull. And I mean, it was kind of a they played it just right. There were some really well hit balls in that game that normally would have been extra bases, but they were I mean right at guys because they were shifting all over you, and you just they had you figured out a little bit, and you played right into their hands. So. Luckily, they responded, you know, through the rest of the weekend, but definitely not the start you wanted to see. And this was a series where, hey, three wins, you know, close out at home with a sweep, get a little momentum, and you probably would have pushed yourself into the 30s, you know, high 30s in the RPI and felt pretty good at that point as as far as being off the bubble. Now you're, you know, back at that 44, 45 range. And somebody was, was saying something today like, well, you know, you keep saying that the the committee doesn't care anything about conference tournaments, so why is it that big of a deal? Well, I think they they basically kind of shut it off about Friday. I mean, I think that's when they do their work. So I, they've just kind of shown over and over again they don't look a lot past Friday. But the thing about they do look at RPI no matter what, and so you go into a conference tournament where, regardless of what you do, other than winning the whole thing, you're going to take two losses. You know, so your RPI is going to be affected again just based on that tournament. So as much padding and cushion as you could have given yourself uh, going into something that classically you have just not played well in over the years, you just haven't shown out well in the big 12 tournament, whether it was by choice or not. And now here you are, you know, having to go up there and, and make some noise and, and show out a little bit and try to keep yourself in a position to get a bid. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that, you know, a little more in depth here in a little bit, but let's, let's hop right into Friday, got it right. Yep, figured yep. figured I would uh, stumble on that one. But Friday, <laughs> and a site we hadn't seen since uh, you know we had mentioned in the last podcast, and not knowing how great Dylan Carter's wrist was doing after that dive in center field. And on Saturday, we at least found out that he still had a little pop. We hadn't seen it since that uh, 
wrist injury earlier in the season against Iowa, I believe. And he, uh, second inning, he gets things going for the Red Raiders and, uh, starts a, a nice little rally in the second inning. Yeah, definitely what you needed. I mean, and it was with two outs, but yeah, he, yeah, he pounds a, a solo shot, gets the first run of the ball game, and then ends up being a three run inning. And yeah, you, you definitely needed it. And you had a little traffic. You got it. You had the help of an error and a double from Austin Green in the first. So you felt like you were seeing him okay and, and kind of getting some things going. But uh, yeah, good to see that from Dylan Carter. The problem in that game is you surrender four home runs, you know, and, and it's exciting, you know. I mean, no secret. It's not like a spoiler. You walk the game off and win it in extra innings, but you hate that you're having to do that at home against Kansas to salvage the series, you know, at that point and, and just try to even the thing up. So not <coughs> the best. For, were you there for Saturday's game? Or yeah. I messed it up for, yeah, for yep. Friday's game. I mean. Yes, I did um, cover. I covered Friday and Saturday, yeah. What, what, what was the wind blowing out? I I honestly don't know. So I figured, you know, give him a little leeway there. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you did hit quite a few of them yourself in that contest. Yeah, you hit three in that one. Austin Green had a home run. And then, of course, Cash is just moon, absolute moonshot to win the game. Um, I was around it. Brian Haney was talking about it a little bit afterwards. He's like, you could just see it coming. This is a guy that hadn't hadn't had a home run in what, you know, eight games or whatever. And you just felt Mm -hmm. like he was a little bit due and. I think Gus described it in the moment as going over the Coke bottle. That home run went over the right corner of the video board. I mean, it was a total blast. He smoked that baseball. But So so it wasn't John McMillian because <laughs> uh, his was on the left side that he hit over. Yes. But, uh, pretty, he pretty hit the clock close. one time, too, as well. Yeah. George was talking about that, the revisionist history that comes with time on some of those things. Like, no, John McMillan did not put a baseball on top of the engineering building, but he did hit it near the top of the wall on yes. the engineering building one time. Yes. But we, no, we it have, was... We have video. Video evidence. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No, it was a fun game. I mean, the fun in that it was competitive, not fun in that you get a four-run lead through the third, and then you give it right back yeah. with a four-run fourth, giving it up to well, them, and... And that fourth was was really was rough. Say, that was a nightmare fourth inning for for several reasons for the Red Raiders. And I don't, you probably didn't notice it, but uh, when Matt Gardner came out there uh, before uh, Trenton Parrish had to leave, he was already favoring that arm and wincing mm. um, on the broadcast because you know you got the behind uh, the center field camera and he's right. talking to. Gardner, and then he turns and kind of winces, and I noticed that, and I even said it to my wife. I was like, "He's he's wincing right now," and then obviously they come out after he gives up that second home run, I believe, and uh, and then uh, you know had to leave for the ball game. But I think they, yeah, yeah, he went single, single fielder's choice, like RBI fielder's choice, two run blast, solo shot, and then he struck out their their leadoff guy um, looking. And then they came out and pulled him. And yeah. yeah, you could see it. I mean, you could see him wincing. You could see him with the glove kind of going to that shoulder. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard speculation shoulder, bicep, but don't know exactly what it is yet. Don Williams talked to Coach Tadlock quite a bit about that in the post game on Saturday. And Coach Tadlock said, you know, he's, it, it look, he's probably not available this week at all. And it's, it's looking like it could be a season thing, but they hadn't gotten any definitive word yet you know but certainly aren't 
counting on having Trenton Parrish around. But yeah, really rough inning. And of course, I mean, at this point, he's not your original. He's not in your original rotation of the season. He's been pushed into this Saturday role, and he's had some good moments. Uh, but then you lose him, and now all of a sudden it's musical chairs. You know how that's going to all play out. So certainly less than ideal. You really hate that. And I hate it for him, too. I mean, after a season-ending injury last year, and then now here he is again having to deal with something else. Yeah, and I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he hasn't been amazing as a starter, but what he had, like you said, I think he had started the last eight, something like the last eight, Saturdays or something, something along those lines. I mean, it had been a good chunk. And if anything, he was eating innings, you know, I mean, he was giving yeah. us a run. Certainly the last two outings were, were definitely rough and they were on the lower end as far as innings pitched, but it's just something, you know, this team you would imagine couldn't afford. Um, and we'll talk about how that affects moving forward, I guess, here in a little bit, unless you want to do it now or you want to finish up. No, we can, we can finish out series. the weekend. Yeah. <clears throat> I think, I think that the thing that I, you know, you mentioned cash home run and ending a streak of seven or eight games or whatever without a home run. I mean, he hadn't hit a home run since the second game against Oklahoma either. And that, that was 11 conference games. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a significant drought. Cause I mean, that's, that's what you're about to face when, when, when and if you do make it into the tournament field, <clears throat> I mean, you're not, you're, you're <laughs> Western Illinois is not rolling up uh, to whatever regional you're going <laughs> yeah. to. If they are, then good. Um, but you're the unfortunate news is you're not playing them in the first round. If you're playing them, you're probably playing them in an elimination game. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's exactly. Be yep. Uh, but I think little things like that, it was good to see, you know, I mean, situationally, you needed that hit. He had not been really hitting the ball necessarily great of late and was able no. to come through in a big way. And not just him. I mean, the whole weekend wise, I mean, we can you can talk whatever you have left on that Saturday game, but to, or Friday game, game two. But going into Saturday, if there's a couple other bats, not that Bazell hadn't been hitting the ball, but I mean, you get a couple of guys that uh, get a hold of a handful of pitches. I know you don't want to rely 100% on the home run, but you're not going to turn them down when guys are hitting them in bunches yeah. like that, and you need them going into the postseason. Yeah, no, I, it was good. Certainly after what, what happened on Thursday, it's good to see those guys come out, flush it, and respond. And Hester had a three-hit day and, of course, reached on a walk. Um, you had a multi-hit day for Gage Harrelson. He had three hits and reached on an error. You had a multi-hit day for Austin Green. He had the bomb and then a double and a single. Um, Cash had a single on Thursday, and he was hitless, actually, on, on Friday until the walk-off home run. And that was with two outs, by the way. Of course, you were in the walk-off spot. I mean, you're the home team, yeah. so you didn't feel you weren't playing for everything in the moment, but you certainly wanted to get the win and get out of there. Uh, Vuletic had a multi-hit day with a double and a single. I mean, there was just a lot of positive at the plate. Lopez had an had an extra base hit in the second as part of that rally. You mentioned Dylan Carter. I mean, you you needed to see that top to bottom. A bunch of guys kind of get stuff done, and they did. You know, and I think that you do have a bunch of guys with with great ability to hit the baseball, you know, and good approaches and, and all that. So it was good to see him respond and, and pull it back out. And then, you know, going into Saturday, obviously, they just absolutely went off and, and feasted on the pitching that they were seeing. And I do think that there was probably a little bit for Saturday. I think Kansas is probably holding on to some pitching and looking ahead to the tournament a little yeah. bit. Uh, they they have more to play for in the Big 12 tournament than you do. You had more to play for on this weekend than they did. Um, so they were kind of in the position to to try to hold on to some arms if they could, and and you feasted on that for sure. 
Yeah. Um, and to wrap things up, I guess for me on the game two, I mean, we had probably need to mention the fact that Ryan free definitely did a solid job and oh, yeah. go, going four innings. Uh, he had had some rough outings of late, but to uh, come in in that situation and, you know, eat up some innings and uh, help them, you know, get to where they did it in, in the end. I mean, I know he gave up a couple runs, but I mean, yeah, it was we, a, we had been pitching of late. I think you're, you're going to take four innings from him. Anything. Yeah. He'd re, he'd retired six in order and, yeah. and ultimately only faced two guys over the minimum over four innings, but it was just that, you know, bloop and a blast just to lead off the eighth. And it's unfortunate that it tied the ball game, but yeah, yeah no, I agree. Ryan free put together a really nice performance for you. He had five strikeouts and looked really good and comfortable up there. And, and you definitely need him. I mean, there's no question about that. Need him to be sharp and doing things like that. And, um, hopefully you're building a little more cushion and not worrying too much about two late runs like that. But this game, it all works out. But um, yeah, it was it was not your favorite. Then Kyle Robinson also does a good job in the final <laughs> inning coming in, and he actually ends up with the win because of the walk off. So he goes to one and one on the season. Um, faced one over the minimum in his tenth inning, but yeah, I mean, I'll take it any yep. day of the week. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, so going into the Saturday game, you talked about the bats and everything like that, and I think you mentioned the fact that Kansas was kind of having to hold some people back for the uh, the tournament. I think, you know, the Red Raiders, in a sense, probably had to do that somewhat with Zane Petty, and you, you're just absolutely enthused with the outing that he has, but at the same time, I'm sure they're in the dugout going, how long can we go with him? Because more than likely, you're going to need him a game earlier the yep. rest of the way. So uh, I guess the best part about this whole thing was it was a run rule and they didn't have the extra innings to, you know, cause he goes five innings and throws 77 pitches. And I'm just wondering if they had a number for him, you know, right. It can only go this long. Now, Certainly at that point, at that point, knowing Parrish was, was injured, you know, yeah. I, I'm sure that they had that on my, in their mind. He was really efficient. I mean, and, and really did not have a lot of traffic on the base paths. He did get, no you know, walks. a couple base runners here and there. Yeah, no walks. He only had one walk all day on Saturday that you issued. They gave up a ton of free passes. I think it was yes. a dozen. And so, yeah, no, Petty was excellent. And even aside from any of those other conversations, he was just good. I mean, he was, yeah. he was flat out good. He had six strikeouts. It was, you know, uh, obviously scoreless, and and he did a, a really nice job. But then, yeah, I think you're looking at him bumped up into your number two starter slot at this point. And Coach Tadlock said as much in post game on Saturday. Um, but yeah, no, really, really liked what what I saw from him. And and now you got some other guys with starts under their belts that you start looking to with Tabor Fast and Jacob Rogers and some of those guys to think about. But um, not to get off that game too quick or anything. I mean, the bats were ridiculous and you had a you know three home run day from Kevin Bazell and a two home run day from Hudson White and then not to mention all of the other the hits that went along with it there was just a ton of of action you know offensively for the Red Raiders Nolan Hester stuck out to me he reached in every plate appearance he was three for three with two walks and three runs scored but uh, Bazell a little you know perspective on a three home run day for him you haven't had that as the Red Raiders haven't had that since Parker Kelly did it against Merrimack last year, and you haven't had it in a conference game since Jace Young did it in 2021 against TCU. So, I mean, it's a obviously three home runs in a game is a significant thing to do, and yeah. I thought it was really awesome to see, particularly from a redshirt freshman out there. And then Hudson White, I mean, 
really a good time to start seeing him getting going again. You know, I mean, a guy that had a good offensive season last year and he's been a little up and down and had some quiet times this year, but he ends up with a grand slam in the first and then a two run bomb in the fourth and, uh, and had a, the, the, he hit into a double play in the fifth. Can't get an RBI on a double play. Just one of those weird scoring things in baseball. But he did knock in a run on the, in that one as well. So it was still a productive out, even though you didn't you don't like the double yeah. play. But uh, yeah, no, I there was a lot of positive, a lot of things to really like there. And and add in senior day and all the things that kind of go along with that and motions and all that. It was it was fun to see for sure. Nice, definitely feels good getting a run rule and getting out of that one with the series win. You know, and noticed over the weekend, <coughs> this is, you know, with, we've talked about Tim Tadlock's superstitions and everything. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear any of the post game or if, if Nolan Hester was even in post game, he cut his hair. Yes. It wasn't a superstitious thing. It was just a, just the a thing. Come, the parents coming into town for senior day. So I need to get it <laughs> cut and look like I've, I haven't just been sleeping on the couch and playing baseball for two so, semesters. Type so thing. Don asked him about it and uh, okay. he said, He'd gone, so he went to get a haircut. He said, I looked in the mirror and just started feeling like, hey, this is getting out of control. It's been like a year and a half since I've had a haircut. <laughs> and uh, I think he went, the guy cut more off than he wanted I know uh, initially. Probably, yeah. And so he said, hey, just go ahead and cut it, you know, cut it normal, cut it short. And so, um, yeah, I got to say too about that kid, I love him. I mean, he's a he's a great young man. He's fun to be around. He's fun to talk to. And you talk about coming in here and making the most of your one year at Texas yeah. Tech. I thought that was awesome for him. And and the cool thing, he'll be around. He's getting – I think he's getting his MBA. He'll be around, you know, Texas Tech next year still. Not playing, obviously, but going to school and mm-hmm. going to go down and heckle with the with the folks and have a good time. And, uh, just Seems to, like he would have a good time. Yeah. Just a, I mean, just, yeah, he'll talk to anybody. He's just a fun kid to, to be around. Yeah. And the post game was Hester Coleman. And uh, and Zach Vuletich, and that was a lot of fun too. You know, just hearing those guys kind of break open and talk a little bit about roommates and you know playing pool and just some of that stuff, and it was fun. And Ty Coleman saying, "Hey, I don't know what I'm doing here. Bazell's the one with the three home run game." You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I did notice there was a fun little fun thing that kind of went on on uh, Friday, and we asked Coleman about it. Don asked Coleman about it on Saturday, so I was convinced Cash went out to to bat and. He his he changed his walk up music back to his old song. You know it had changed. He changed it back, mm-hmm. and he goes up there and he does that little slide step that that Coleman does in the box. Mm-hmm. And I looked around at everybody and said, I think he's doing a Ty Coleman impression right now. <laughs> you know, and he got on base. I don't remember how, and uh, <laughs> and Coleman runs out and swaps helmets, gives him a different helmet. And uh, I asked you know, George and those guys like, Hey, what was up with that? And they said, yeah, he was wearing number 10. He had a 10 on his helmet. I think he was wearing Coleman's batting helmet. And Coleman said, yeah, he was wearing my helmet. And then on, on Saturday, he was wearing Tabor fast helmet when he was out there. He said, cause that helmet's batting a thousand. He's like, we swapped that one around. There's <laughs> runs in that helmet. <laughs> so speaking of superstitions, superstitions there's, a, there's a bat, okay. there's a helmet down there. That's, that's got all the runs in it. Oh, wow. Well, I can't all wear it at once, I guess, but uh, <laughs> they had a bunch of home runs like they did on, on Saturday. Uh, yeah. I mean, there were certainly plenty of positives. I mean, I know it's Kansas and we talked about in the last podcast that Kansas is not necessarily great and they were saving pitching, but at the same time you still got hit the ball that's thrown there and yep. they, uh, you, you got to feel good if you're Tim Tadlock and that coaching staff putting up 15 runs and getting 13 hits heading into 
the big port part of the year, the important part of the year. Yeah, no, I would think so. And and I did ask Coach Tadlock about, you know, if he believes in momentum, like game to game, you know, picking up momentum as a program. Did he and give you the pitcher thing? He did. He went all he went on and on about needing pitchers and talking about like the nineties Braves and, and stuff like that. And and that's true. I mean, great pitchers, you know, shutting a team down will will build you momentum for sure. But I mean, you can't be mad about that game, finishing out your regular season at home and, and all the things that come with it. Uh, and as you head towards need to take care of some business in Arlington. So, but no fun game for sure. I mean, nothing to, nothing to complain about. The wind was definitely blowing out. There was, there was, uh, plenty of, of help with that, but Hey, the wind was blowing out for Kansas too. And so tip the cap to those, to the tech pitchers, as far as what they took care of business with and didn't give up a run until the seventh. And even then it was walk and a one out double, you know, it wasn't anything bananas, but there was one thing as far as the pitching goes that, that coach Tadlock mentioned kind of talking about parish and what's going to go on this next week. I think there was a real hope that they would get Brendan, Brendan Gurton in a game and that he would kind of come back to form. And obviously he struggled a little bit in his inning in a third. And yeah. so it wasn't what they were looking for, you know, and, and coach Tadlock said as much like, Hey, he's got some work to do. Um, I think they were really hoping that he might be an answer thinking about losing Parrish and, and it doesn't look like that's where they're going to go or quite yet. So just something else to keep an eye on when it comes to the rotation. Uh, last thing I have for, uh, for the Kansas series, shout out to Collier Cranford hit a home run and it didn't count or didn't matter in the end, but, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Collier slash Austin Cranford, uh, Frankenstein. Uh, I met Collier Cranford. Cranford. Super did. nice kid. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Really nice kid. So that's, that's what happens when you got a Collier shout out. Yeah. <laughs> not many athletic Colliers out there, except for two in my house. Well, th- probably three in my house, not named me. <laughs> Least athletic Collier right here on yep. the Dinger Derby podcast. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, right, get a series win. There you go. Yeah. And, and, do you feel we talked about, about it though? I mean, well, I was going to say we seriousness. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say as, as far as Kansas, you mentioned Kansas not being very good. I mean, they have had some impressive moments this season. I mean, they've got a Big Twelve sweep. They've gotten some wins on the road that you haven't gotten. I mean, they've they've had their moments. They're not great, you know, by any means. But you watch them play baseball, and you're like, hey, this isn't a this isn't a disaster. This isn't like a dumpster fire team. You know, this is a a coaching change, building back up kind of deal, but. Uh, they were not just an embarrassment by any means. And so, um, I mean, I feel a little, I feel, I feel like you beat a reasonably quality opponent, opponent, you know, from what I'm just saying. And uh, as far as do I feel better about it? I mean, I think you got business to take care of, you know, and obviously you want to get in the tournament and a three seed is, is what you're looking at, you know, and you've got to go. I don't have the answer. You know, I don't, how many do you need to win in Arlington? I don't know. You know, um, I think you need to, I think winning your first couple would be really beneficial and they're going to be tough to do. So, yeah. And saying that, uh, Red Raiders opened the big 12 championship in Arlington at globe life field on Wednesday. And it's the nightcap, the, uh, the joy of being the six seed against the three seed as you get a seven thirty start. The good news is unlike Oklahoma city, there will not be any weather delays, uh, inside the ballpark there. So your start time might be reasonably close to the seven thirty, 
Right. But uh, you, you get to wait all day to play baseball there. And the good news is, you know, you're going to play either way. But uh, they're starting at going 9 a.m. Blows my mind. Yeah. That's the thing. I was like, I was uh, selfishly, as somebody that's now anchoring a newscast, I was cheering for the somehow get the five seed, but Oklahoma couldn't. Uh, I think Oklahoma messed that up for us. I don't even remember at this Kansas point. Kansas State it was, did. Yeah, Kansas State did. It was a screwy weekend all around. I mean, um, but yeah, 9 a.m. is the first game. The Red That was the one I was hoping the Red Raiders would play in because I'm not going to be there watching it and I'm going to have stuff to put in a newscast. But uh, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you draw, unfortunately, a, a tough team going in there just for the sheer fact that they're coming. You think you think you've had some bad weekends? A team that had so much to play for, maybe a national seed, right? I mean, yeah, they, they were hosting, and they go to Austin and just get obliterated in three they games and swept by the Longhorns. Yeah, you're, they're in a position as an athletic department to get just mollywopped by the Longhorns, and then tweet out, you know, their celebratory for the first time in his Big Twelve history. We've won a share of the Big Twelve title, yeah. you know, after you just get smoked by the Longhorns. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's some silver linings to this game, I think. But and we and pitching is one of those, and we can talk mm-hmm. about that for sure. But I wanted to mention in post game Saturday, uh, Don Williams, you know, brought that up and talked about, you know, potentially, you know, what and he asked him just kind of flat out, what do you need to do in Arlington? Mm-hmm. Ask the players yeah. that. And Zach Vuletich, who is a very soft-spoken guy, you know, a guy that has been described to me by players as the best hitter on the team. Uh, he's obviously a good baseball player. He's he's carved out his role this season for sure. And and he said, I want to beat West Virginia, you know, and, and we followed up and asked any particular reason. He said, I just feel like we let one get away in that that third game against them, and, and I want to beat them. You know, I think that we are a good enough baseball team to take them down. And so I like that, and and I'll tell you, we always ask every year kind of who are the leaders, and I think Ty Coleman and Dylan Carter are very much good cop, bad cop leaders on this team. Uh, but I have a suspicion that that when Zach Vuletich speaks, they listen. You know, yeah. that's a guy, they respect him as a, as a ball player. He's not a big, loud, bombastic guy. I think he's a, a great teammate, a fun guy to be around. But if that's the mentality from a guy like that, I hope that's bleeding into the team and that they're out there ready to really – take care of some big business in that first game because you're going to walk in, you know, win or lose, you're going to end up playing the winner or loser of Oklahoma versus Oklahoma state, you know, the next day. Uh, and it just it depends on if it's the noon game or the seven thirty game. And so you're going to get another tough one just right after, you know, regardless of what happens. So got to go out there locked in and ready to roll. So the, I guess the best news going into this contest, and I'm trying to do the math, that, that would have been a Friday night start. He probably does have enough rest, but uh, any, any chance in, uh, on the globe, if you will, any chance in, uh, that the Red Raiders avoid Blaine Traxel? I think you in, do. In the first round? A, guy with, a guy that throws 109 pitches on a Friday night, I would think that you don't see him on Wednesday. I, I just, and maybe they're maybe they think that they can take care of business with you, or maybe they like him against a different opponent. I don't know. I mean, he's obviously been effective against a lot of teams. Um, they would draw just like you. They would draw winner loser of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Yeah, you know, so it's not like the Longhorns where you just they just saw him. But yeah. I, I would think as as long as he went that. And I don't know his rehab time, but or recovery time, but I would think that you don't see him Wednesday. 
And so the other positive with that, when you look at their box scores over the weekend, um, the their Thursday starter, Thursday they kind of went bullpen is what it seems like. I mean, they went their starter went an inning in two thirds, and then from there, you know, they they worked in five guys all the way around. And so, and maybe he maybe Estridge exited early because he gave up five runs, um, or maybe that was the intent was to kind of piece it together that day. I don't know, yeah. but. And then their third starter, Hampton, I mean, he only lasted a third of an inning. So, I mean, yeah. he's available. <laughs> I mean, 28 yeah. pitches in that third of an inning. But uh, I do – it It seems like that you would avoid Traxel, which is probably the most important piece out of that. Yeah, well, the only reason I even suggested – I mean, I know what would that be, four days rest, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, actually five days or four days rest. It's not like he's up there throwing 95 – uh, and you know, right. hundred. I mean, he we've well documented. It's it's a lot of junky stuff that uh, I guess is still taxing on your arm. It's just a little different. Yeah, no, fingers, I agree. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I was I was looking at that because George had looked at that this morning. I think it was, and and mentioned that to some of us as well. Um, and he he was of the same opinion. Not not seeing Traxel. Um, and he mentioned Hampton too. Now looking at Hampton and kind of what happened with him, you may not see him anyway. It might be Porco or they might have a, a pin guy. Uh, Porco is the one you, you face that they, they pulled the hook on so quickly. Yeah. Um, when you, when you were at West Virginia, but that was Which the might Sunday not be game. A bad choice, uh, bad choice for them either. Cause you hadn't really seen him. Uh, you saw him really quick. Um, yeah, but you're, you're not getting a second look at him. So maybe that would be a good option for him. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned, uh, Vulicic said, you want to get win wins, you want against, want to win against West Virginia. If that's all you get, I mean, how are you feeling going into selection show? I mean, it's about as good as you could ask for from a scenario standpoint. I mean, considering, so you're 44th in the RPI as we sit here on Sunday night, West Virginia is 21. They're the highest almost the highest RPI team in the Big 12. Oklahoma State's at 20. So it's about the best. I mean, if it's the win, you're getting the best win you could get, you know, as far as that goes. Uh, if it's a loss, it's about the best loss you could get as far as not damaging you se- severely. Um, but I would think, yeah, if, if that's the only win you're going to get and then you go two out, two losses after <sighs> – Oklahoma, like I said, Oklahoma State's high. So if that was one of those losses, for instance, yeah. um, that's I don't you know think, I don't think you're getting that. I mean, well, if you win that first game, more than likely you're playing Oklahoma State. I mean, Oklahoma State has absolutely owned OU, yeah, all year long. So I don't see if you win that first game, and unless you're playing Oklahoma, obviously the loser is part of the whole thing. But right, I mean, and Oklahoma's. Yeah, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the Oklahoma State, like you mentioned. I mean. Beating West Virginia and losing to Oklahoma State is probably, like you had mentioned a second ago, the best scenario that you can probably run into there. Yeah. Oklahoma's RPI is at 36, you know, and so looking at the – I mean, you're you're at least facing some reasonable – I mean, at least RPIs that are ahead of you at the very least. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like unless you win at least a couple in the Big 12 tournament, you were, you're going to be on right at the bubble. You know, I don't know if you're going to be a last four in, but I think that there's definitely bubble conversation for you. You're 500 in the Big 12. I mean, that's not a 
not a great resume for you. You haven't broken 40 wins. Coach Tadlock brought up uh, something interesting. He said Augie used to always say, um, if you had 20 more wins than losses, you were in good shape, you know, and so to get to that spot right now, you need two wins, you know, to, to take care of that. And then you're going to get losses though. And so it, it's not I don't the math know. It doesn't work out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's win the tournament, you know, in that situation. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that you are a bubble team, you know, unless you just light the place on fire as far as globe life goes. But I do think you have about as best scenarios you can ask for from the RPI standpoint to do as little damage or get the best bump that you can get. So just got to go out there and take care of business. Okay. Well, I'm going to be the bad guy here. Worst case scenario, you lose to West Virginia, you lose to Oklahoma. You're very bubble. (laughs) Your last four in maybe. You know, and and the other thing that the committee likes is a team that's got some momentum and you don't have that, you know, at that point. And so, you know, you you don't get a sweep at home the last weekend against Kansas. You do get the series win, which is is at least some positive. Uh, And then you go two and Q in your conference tournament. I mean, there's nothing that's telling them this is a team that's going to travel and go be competitive. You know, now you're not fighting for a two seed at this point. I mean, unless you go win the tournament. That then there's maybe that kind of a bump or something, but um, yeah, I think I think that you're playing to get as far above the bubble as you can right now. And if you go to and barbecue, I think you're in the last four in kind of conversation, which is a bad spot to be, you know, because D one baseball projecting last four in, first four out, any eight of those teams could be in a bad spot. So um, that's the that's the rub. But then there's other weird things going on in this. It's probably a little above you, but I mentioned it to you before we started. I mean, like Kentucky, they're number two in the RPI. I think they've lost. I think I saw a tweet earlier. They've lost like five of their last six series, you know, but they're still two in the RPI. So there's going to be teams like that that are stealing spots. That that team's getting in, but they're not going to be a national seed just because of their RPI. And so those are those are teams that are stealing at large bids and bumping other teams around. And then there's also the thing that some of these automatic qualifiers, if somebody goes and steals a, a qualifier and then there's, and the team that they beat, you know, ends up taking an at large spot, it doesn't help your situation at all either. Because I do think you're probably in the bottom of that, of that at large list right now. Let's not worry about the worst case scenario. Let's, <laughs> let's hope that's something. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're not, you're not playing, you're not playing OU in uh, Oklahoma city. At least there's that. There's that. Yeah. Yes. There's probably going to be more Red Raider fans at that game than uh, OU fans, which certainly probably would not be the case if it was a, uh, I guess that would be a four o'clock game or something like that in loser's bracket, but 730 in a winners. Uh, well, do you have any uh, parting final thoughts? <clears throat> it's been a weird year. Weird season. You know? Yeah. I, I keep getting asked on radio and things like that, like, what is it about this team? To me, it's what you've lost. I think you have just lost so many pieces, preseason and midseason and during the season. Bo Blessy on that list, now Trendon Parrish on that list, you know, and the guys before that would have, we talked about this, that would have changed the complexion of this team, you know, d- defensively too. I mean, you lost who was probably your starting second baseman. You probably lost your starting uh, third baseman. You bumped guys around because of that, you know, and so mm-hmm. I think that that some of those things, Jack Washburn is another one from a pitching standpoint, you know, maybe yeah. he would have been a starter, maybe not. I feel like he probably was at least in the mix, in the conversation. Um, and so, yeah, then Blessy, of course, and 
I just think that that has really been a story of it. It's probably one of those years, if we were able to take the emotion out of it and the, and the frustration, you look at it and go, this is another one of those really good coaching you know, situations that Tim Tadlock's not going to get credit for because you're not going to have a lighted up super regional college world series year, most likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he pieced it together and kept this team competitive, you know, which is, is impressive in and of itself. Plus you add in all the young guys and newcomers and all that kind of stuff. So just a weird year and, and frustrating, you know, it has been one of those frustrating ones where you just want to be more dominant on the mound and you haven't been, you know, and I think the yeah. coaches feel that way because coach Tadlock's talked about it more than once that you don't have, Davis Martin and Stephen Gingery or Bonin and Beater and guys, you just don't have those guys sitting out there. Um, and so, yeah, you need, you really do need some dudes to kind of step up here in the postseason and, and especially on the mound and just take a little bit of control, you know, and that's a lot to ask for a guy that's been struggling, but you know, and Brendan Gurton's one of those, like just get out there and just throw some fireballs and, and make it happen, you know, cause it's in there. Like he's got, he has that talent. So yeah, um, you just need some of that, but still a lot of good guys and a lot of good, a lot of good baseball players. Just, you know, you've come to expect a little bit more than what you've gotten this year. I think. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, they've, we've been, we've, we red Raider fans have been blessed with some <laughs> solid pitching. I, I try not to clump myself in there. I know this is a fan podcast, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's just been one of those weird years too. I mean, things just haven't gone right. I mean, <clears throat> you put a guy out there and you're confident in him, whether he's, you know, down or whatever. And it's just been the case. It, it's a walk. It's a hit by pitch. It's both. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it, and it, I mean, at the rate that it's happened this year, I promise you it hasn't happened like that in years past. And it's not like, you know, I mean, I know, like we mentioned, you don't have those guys, but at some point you got to get those right. You know, I mean, at some point, the guy's got to execute the pitches too. I mean, and that's not, yeah, not, they, they know that answer. I mean, they understand that, but they put your defense to work, you know? I mean that, and I don't know. I don't, I, I don't have an answer for it. And obviously the coaching staff doesn't, but maybe something clicks once we're getting to uh Hey, we're out of school now and all we get to worry about is playing baseball. Yeah. You hope for sure. Yeah. Hope somebody just gets hot all of a sudden, you know, um, your bats certainly have the capability of keeping you in some ball games, usually, yeah. you know, and you definitely want to see that on a neutral field also translate. And if you get in the tournament, a good showing in Arlington, I do think gives you a little bit of that offensive momentum, like, hey, we just went out and do another ballpark and and showed out offensively and, and need to do that. I think the other nice thing that's a positive for your pitching for the Big 12 tournament, playing in a big league ballpark. You know, you're not playing at Dan Law Field with the wind blowing out. So um, just as it's less offensive, you know, as, as when it comes to home runs. Now, there's a lot of space out there. There's a there's a lot of corners and funky angles in Globe Life Field, you know, for balls to get to get doubled into that kind of thing. So there's a, that that to think about. But um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of you mentioned Dylan Carter's health, you know, on hitting the home run. Yeah. Uh, how about Dylan Carter also on Saturday? I think it was Saturday. Uh, may have been Friday. I, I I didn't I didn't mark it in my book. Um, shallow fly out to center field, and he charges hard in on that one, and then just smokes one on a frozen rope to the plate yeah. to hold the runner yeah. at third base, and ended up holding that runner there. I think it was Saturday. I think it was in the fifth. It might have sure been. Was I think Cranford was. I think your boy Collier was actually on third base, yeah. and uh, yeah, that was that was good to see from that guy. You know, like yeah, hey, see, I think the shoulder's okay. Ran. 
<laughs> I might have been thrown out, but I would have ran. <laughs> I mean, he he put it on on the chest. Oh yeah, of, I know. I, I, I would have ran. That was like a that was like a a, uh, a sh- like almost on the dirt if there, if there were dirt there. Um, tight ball. No, I mean, yeah. Hope hopefully he's good to go, and obviously that definitely made me think. You know, he's doing okay, and that home run. Obviously, it was something that was needed from him. Not, but you know what I'm saying. The way he was hitting the ball before he got hurt, and that had been missing. Certainly, yeah. So you come back for sure. No, I agree. That's all. all right. I don't have a lot of final thoughts. No, nope. yeah. let's just go Looks out there like and play some baseball. baseball. Yep, get it done. You know, go out there and take care of business and get it done. And you know, it's just that time of year where like rankings, numbers all that stuff. It's just kind of, it's, it feels a little bit out the window. You know, everybody's backs against the wall. Everybody's playing for something at this point. So get out there and get it done. And I think we're done with that. You got any other plugs? You got, you, you got to tell people to go, are you going to be recapping this week? I imagine you're not making the trip to Arlington. I won't be. I'm not going to Arlington. It's the last week of school. So I've got yes. a couple of graduations and, and those kind of things going on and lots of work to do. Um, so no, not going to Arlington, but yeah, we'll do so. I, I, Oh, you're talking about writing game recaps. I don't know. Yeah, we'll I see. Know. I was about to say, that's going to be tough. I, I know you've got graduate. <laughs> so you've got plural graduations. I just have one to deal with. Yes. Yes. A couple of graduations and, um, to think about for sure, but yeah, I'll see. We'll see if we can, we could bang anything out or not, but, um, there's always lots of things after school going on after work going on this time of year too. So that's been, that's been part of it for the last few weeks, you know, and as you know, so, um, but yeah, no, no final thoughts from you. No, I think I'm good. Go play some decent baseball. Cause I want to see some real postseason baseball, nothing against the big 12 championship, Ugh, but I not prefer a fan. the other postseason baseball. hundred percent. All right. Y'all go support them. Tune in. I think the first game is on, uh, ESPN plus. So there's a couple of games in this tournament sprinkled in that are on ESPN U, but the majority of them will be on ESPN plus just like everything else this season. So y'all support them, go watch some baseball and, uh, we'll be back to recap the big 12 tournament and, and maybe we'll hold on to that. We'll see when they exit and, uh, hopefully have some selection to talk about as well. So anyway, y'all go support them. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you soon until then. We won't see you around the ballpark, but we'll see you around Twitter and keep up some baseball talk. Talk to y'all later. Thanks for tuning in to Dinger Derby and sharing our love for Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. You can connect with Keith on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Red Raider Dugout. And find more great tech baseball coverage at RedRaiderDugout.com. Help us out by rating us and leaving a review on iTunes. And remember to tell your friends about the show. Keith will be back soon with another episode of Dinger Derby. And until then, Wreck'em Tech. Keep your hand on your gun. Don't you trust anyone. There's just one kind of man that you can trust. That's a dead man or a gringo like me. Be the first one to fire. Every man is a liar. There's just one kind of man who tells the truth. That's a dead man or a gringo like me. 